0: Welcome to She Dares to Dream podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Oleksova, multi-passionate creative entrepreneur, marketing strategist and educator. And my intention is to empower you to create anything your soul desires. Whether you want to find your life's purpose, leave your nine-to-five job or turn your unique talent into a thriving business, this is the place to dream big. Through a series of intimate conversations, I'll be sharing inspiring stories of incredible humans who had the courage to follow their dreams, building their meaningful lives and successful businesses. I believe that their personal stories can not only touch your heart and soul, they can move and motivate you to take an inspired action and unleash your own potential. So get ready to live your dreams, no matter how big or small. Today, I have a pleasure chatting to Christine Bluba a launch copywriter and messaging strategist who helps soulful online coaches and experts to sell out launches and sign more clients with copy that turns readers into buyers. Christine writes sales copy for six- and seven-figure program launches and teaches up-and-coming entrepreneurs how to write their own client attraction copy for social media. When she's not busy wrangling words, Christine can be found sipping green drinks, obsessing over Instagram feeds and introverting like there's no tomorrow. All right, everybody, I've got Christine here today with me and I can't wait to chat with her all things social media, sales copy, messaging and dreaming big. So let's dive in. Hi, Christine, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today.
1: Thank you, Michaela. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And I can't wait to dive into the first questions, because when I was doing research for this episode, I noticed, reading through your online bio, uh, how many travel adventures you've already managed to fit under your belt from spending six months of the grid living and working on a tropical fruit orchard in Hawaii to traveling to Asia for half a year and helping rebuild a Thai island after the 2004 tsunami. So can you take us back in time and share a bit about what your life was like before you decided to take a leap and become an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely did not follow the sort of traditional path uh, after high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and I wasn't making the best decisions at the time, but I, uh, you know, I, I pretty much immediately dropped out of, out of college when I was 18 and I really, I just had this dream of traveling. That's like what I wanted to do. Um, and I, so I took every opportunity that I could to just go places. Like, you know, I drove across the country with a friend when we were 19 and, you know, spent three months in San Diego, just kind of bumming on beaches and, you know, getting into trouble and stuff. And, uh, you know, went to Hawaii, road tripped around the U.S. with friends, um, you know, in my early 20s. We just kind of camped and went to music festivals and things like that. Uh, And then, you know, did some international traveling later on. And through like my late teens up until like almost my late 20s, like that was kind of my lifestyle. Um, you know, I sort of avoided choosing a career. Uh, There were definitely entrepreneurial tendencies throughout that time. So friends, we would, uh, you know, we, we made t-shirts in our kitchen uh, when I was living in Portland, Oregon, and sold them on the streets of Portland. Um, You know, we would go to music festivals and like sell food or uh, cigarettes and things like that. Just uh, lots of random little uh, business adventures during that time, but it wasn't until I was in my late 20s uh, I'd started to have some health problems personally, and I got really into holistic health and nutrition, and I decided that I wanted that to be my career path. Uh, so I, you know, finally buckled down and like went to school and got a degree and discovered the world of health coaching, um, which you know I did a certification program and. During that time, they were teaching us how to start a business with uh, start a health coaching business, and that is when I sort of discovered the world of online business and marketing. And I was like, "This is so perfect! I want to be location independent. You know, I want to like continue to travel and have adventures. Uh, you know, it's a way that I can implement my passion for our health and wellness and." So yeah, that was in like 2012. And I had already been kind of like blogging and stuff. I had a food blog that I started in 2009. But that was when I was like, Oh, this could actually be a thing that supports me makes me money is my career path. So that's kind of (laughs) in a nutshell, how things were looking before uh, leading up to the time when I started an online business.
0: Obviously, that your passion for wellness and nutrition, and obviously, the personal struggle with um, healing and uh, health issues, kind of led you to set up the the food blog. Is that right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in school. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna start blogging about, you know, these health changes that I'm making, and the things that I'm learning. And so yeah, I started this, I started developing recipes and Um, you know, worked as a personal chef for a while during that time as well. So yeah, that became a really big passion.
0: How did you then pivot getting into the copywriting business, helping other coaches and soulful entrepreneurs with their copy and messaging?
1: Yeah, so I, I built, I worked on that health and nutrition business, or that career rather, because I didn't really, when I started, I didn't think that I was going to have like, necessarily my own business. But Um, you know, I was in that field for like a decade. And like between studying and, you know, all the work that I was doing on my own health and everything. So I had this notion at that time that because I was so passionate about this topic, and, uh, you know, it was a potentially viable career that that would automatically mean that I would love like guiding other people to better health. And once I started, once I got into like coaching and stuff like that, I realized that that was just not really my zone of genius. Um, And I was having, by the time, let's see, 20, like 14 rolled around, I was having like, my health was declining and I was like trying to support other people with their health. And it just was not, I just couldn't do it. Um, In 2015, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and starting around that time, um, you know, I was like barely making it through the day in terms of like, I, I couldn't, I didn't have the energy to hold myself upright basically for, for, (laughs) for a full waking period. Um, and so I ended up quitting my job. I was living in Seattle at the time. Um, you know, I slept for like a month and I still wasn't feeling better. Um, you know, I was kind of like I continued with my health coaching clients during that time. By the end of that year, I was like, it was, I I was not in a good place, like financially health wise, um, anything. So I decided that I was going to sell everything I owned, (laughs) move back to Ohio where I'm originally from, uh, and get some help from my family because I just was not able to handle life on my own at that point. Um, and I did that, and that was like <laughs> that was a struggle for me because I always swore that I would never go back. Um, I'm from a small town; it's conservative. My, you know, and I'm not, and that's not me. And so I did, and during that time, I was like at my parents' crashing in their guest room, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life <laughs> because, like, the health coaching thing was just not working for me anymore. And so I decided to just quit I decided that like the what like wellness as a career wasn't the thing that I thought it was going to be for me um, and so I was like okay this is you know this is just a period of massive change and this is one more change that's happening but I had I had no plan B. Um, I had no idea what I would do otherwise because I thought that was my forever career. So I um, you know I've always been a writer. And I had, you know, been obsessively studying online marketing to grow my wellness business for the last three years. And so a friend reached out to me randomly. Uh, We were chatting about her business. She was a business coach. And I just kind of helped her with something, you know, copy related on the fly. And she ended up hiring me to help her with a project. And I was like, oh, well, (laughs) she's really smart and successful. And so maybe other smart, successful people need help with writing projects. And I was really naive at the time because writing came so naturally to me, I couldn't fathom other people needing that much help with it. But that's not true. <laughs> Lots of people, the majority of people need help with their writing. So I just kind of started slowly talking about copywriting um, on Instagram as the platform that I chose to use at that time. And I, like, I just started kind of putting myself out there as a copywriter. And w- opportunities started to come. Uh, and that, so it was like, it was not something that I really intended to do. I didn't set out like, I'm going to be a copywriter. It was more like, oh, maybe I can try this and see what happens. And lots of things happened. And it turned out to be something that I really excelled at and could help my clients get really amazing results with. So it's been, I mean, that was four years ago. So, um, yeah, it's been, um, not the smoothest ride, but it's, uh, it's been really rewarding. <laughs> yeah, obviously,
0: universe has a, a completely different plans for you. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, sometimes we, we need to kind of hit the rock bottom, whether it's financially or, you know, with our health and wellness to be taken a different kind of direction and, uh, you know, just realize that this is probably not our purpose, our calling. Mm-hmm. And I find like lots of women, you know, out there we have so many or they have so many amazing talents and skills and uh lots of people treat it as their hobby and their passion and probably they're just sitting on you know like a a, you know big big business but it's just kind of figuring out um and and going out and take action and then find out if you know, if something's going to come out of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, you have to just go and try, don't
1: you? Yeah, absolutely. And you I think, never
0: know. You never know with any business.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um I think too, like sometimes we think like these, like I like I was taking for granted the fact that I had this skill that I didn't, like it didn't click for me that that was something, you know, when I was younger, I was always encouraged to like, you know, study creative writing and all this stuff because it's something that I've always been, it's always kind of been my thing but in my mind, I was like, well, if I am going to become a writer, I'm going to be broke, homeless, like living in a dumpster. Because in your mind, in my mind, I'm like, if I'm writers, don't make money is like, you know, and, you know, when I was younger, I didn't understand. I didn't know what copywriting, I'd never even heard of that. Um, so I had no idea that that existed. But yeah, a lot of times we have these things that we don't think could ever be something that would be people in demand, I guess, you know, so you definitely have to take kind of take a look at what you're just good at, because sometimes that can be the thing that helps you the most.
0: It actually seems to me that you're really free spirited. And as I already said in the first question, and you describe all your amazing adventures and traveling around the world. Um It seems like your soul craves freedom and adventures and having the flexibility and freedom to work from anywhere is really important to you. Uh, And I guess that's one of the things people really go and start their business and leaving nine to five job to get that time back and, and and the freedom. So what are the best things about being your own boss? And what do you find the most challenging?
1: Yeah, um, definitely the like the freedom of schedule. So my reasons kind of for running an online business have shifted some, like when I first got started, it was all like, I just want to have a business that allows me to travel full time. And, you know, live the kind of life that I did, like in my early 20s, which was do kind of whatever I feel like whenever I want. And as I've gotten a little bit older and have had these health issues, it has shifted some because now it's more like, okay, I have the freedom to rest and take care of myself in a way that no job would ever let me have. Uh, you know, like I can, I can build self-care into my schedule. I can take days off whenever I want or whenever I need to. Um, And yes, I do still travel like a lot, but having that other thing that I couldn't foresee back then, that other layer of freedom to just take really, really good care of myself. um, And also to have the, the, um, the financial freedom to be able to invest in, my health and my self-care in a way that I couldn't when I was, you know, younger, I didn't have like the corporate job and stuff. Like a lot of people do. I was just, you know, working for 16 bucks an hour. Um, So now I'm in a, you know, I'm in a place where I just have the ability to take care of myself in a way that I never would have been able to otherwise. Uh, And that has been really huge for me. So I think like just freedom in general to do with whatever, you know, whatever is important to you, um, you know, some people have families and so they want that time to, you know, spend with those people. Some people, you know, they want to travel or whatever it is, but, uh, you know, having the resources to just be able to live the way that you want to live. And that is really nourishing for you. Like that is definitely the best part, uh, in terms of challenges, there are many, (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah, there's a there's many many challenges. I think for me in the season that I'm in right now, uh, my business is growing, and so I'm looking at like uh, you know outsourcing and um, hiring more team and things like that. And so like moving into that next level of like my business isn't just about me. Um, that currently is my biggest challenge. Like seeing the value in like bringing other people in and having that trust uh that other people will you know take care of the work that I'm doing as well so um yeah I think (laughs) as far as challenges like there's there's just so many um take your pick there
0: (laughs) yeah it's just so hard when you have um your personal brand um to kind of find someone who shares the same values and beliefs and can kind of represent you because I don't know about you, but I'm like such a perfectionist, like self proclaimed queen of perfectionists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so hard for me to let go and kind of delegate um projects to other people. What's your yeah. experience?
1: <laughs> oh same, same. I like I definitely like th- <laughs> have Have a way that I like things to be done, even though it doesn't really matter like how things get done, as long as the outcome is, um, is good. So I have to keep you know reminding myself of that.
0: Yeah, it's work in progress for me. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, this podcast is all about inspiring and motivating women uh, by sharing personal stories of incredible humans who dare to live their dreams. And I know that through your work, you also encourage people sharing their own stories on social media to take their audience on the journey with them. So why do you believe this can help people build a loyal following and profitable business?
1: Yes. So as personal brands, if you're building a personal brand, like it's not a personal brand, if it's not getting at least a little bit personal, first of all. Also, I from my own experience. So when I, you know, was in the beginning stages of my copywriting business, and I had I gone through all these transitions, I'd like quit my career, I'd left the city I'd been living in, uh, you know, all my friends, I moved back to my little town that I never thought I would live in again, you know, I was living with my parents, like at 35, all these things that just were sort of like, I was feeling shame around a lot of it. And so I was like, you know, I can either continue to wallow in my shame, or I can own my journey. Uh, And one of the ways that I decided to do that was to just kind of document as I was going on this path, I was like, I'm not going to pretend like I, like I've got some amazing like lifestyle and I'm you know living this like seven figure business dream because I was not you know I was just starting out and I was in this situation where things were not ideal so I started to share some of that in my social media content just about how you know I had um about how i how my business got started, about how I sold everything, left the West Coast, you know, just randomly decided to start this business and was moving forward and making progress. And I would share my wins and I would share some of my struggles. and I shared how, you know I like moved out of my parents' house and all these things. Um, and people were like so on board. my I even though I had spent ten years talking about, you know green smoothies, people were like i immediately was like attracting people who were interested in what i was doing now and um yeah and a lot of those people are still like 4 years later still in my following still um you know cheering for me and rooting me on and so you build a connection with people when you share your story and your journey that doesn't exist when all you're talking about is the work that you do because people relate to stories, people relate to people being human, and you know, even now, like the other day, I shared something about this new like hair routine that I'm starting for curly hair, and so many people messaged me, so many other curly-haired women messaged me to, to chat about it because it was something that they really relate to, and so now we have this connection that we didn't have when all I was talking about was sales page copy or whatever, um, so. Even if you're just sharing a little bit, the more of those personal details and personal stories you can weave into your marketing as a personal brand, the more people are going to buy into you as a person. And then it doesn't really matter what you're selling. People are into it because they're into you.
0: Yeah, people buy from people and not businesses, especially when you're a personal brand. And that actually takes me to my next question. Um, when I often see a lot of entrepreneurs being reluctant to share their personal lives and, and stories on social media and kind of trying to hide. But lately, I've started noticing that we as humans are craving more authentic real and honest connections than ever before so you know people are not into so much into like a polished instagram feeds anymore you Mm. know and kind of pretend you know high high lifestyle so what would you recommend is a good balance between sharing personal and business content on social platforms to be comfortable with how much or how little we choose to share
1: yeah i think I mean, from like a how much business versus how much personal content you should share, like if you're just getting started in your business or you're in the first couple of years and you're trying to get known for something, you do want like probably 80% of your content to be like really building your expertise. Um, so talking about your work and, you know, the clients that you're working with and things like that. But that other 20% is still really important. Um, you know, the more sort of like, quote unquote, famous you get, the more known you become, like the more you can just share personal stuff because you're already known for what you do. But um, in terms of like being uncomfortable sharing personal stuff, like, first of all, know that like, you're not obligated to share anything. There are always things that you, I mean, there, you can not share whatever you want like you don't have to share everything. I think sometimes people think like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to be, it's either all or, you know, all or nothing. Like if I'm going to be vulnerable, I need to share every last deep, dark truth that ever existed. And that's just not true. Um, You know, you get to decide what you share and what you don't, but also think that um, like being vulnerable and sharing yourself on the internet can be tricky for some people, but it's, it's kind of like a muscle that you build. So I'm like a really, I'm a very introverted and also shy person. So, you know, but I've been on this journey for like four years now. So, you know, I would like push my edge a little bit, push my edge a little bit and like the edges expand, you know what I mean? Like what you're comfortable with will grow over time, it becomes easier. Um, You know, something that would have really freaked you out to share like three years ago you're just like eh, whatever not a big deal so it gets it gets easier you just have to be willing to like push your edge a little bit
0: absolutely you do you you decide what's the ba- it's about setting the boundaries isn't it as well you describe your style of copywriting that it's all about getting inside the minds of your dream clients and telling stories that stand out to build a brand that captures the hearts of your audience so can you share specific steps or tips how we can turn our social media posts into meaningful and profitable messages that in imperfect fit clients?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's really, I would say, there are like three things that you want to be really super clear on um, and that will inform like what you share in your content to, to do the things that you described, to have it be, you know, calling in your clients and helping you, you know, feel like you're building a meaningful, profitable brand. Um, the first thing is just being really clear on who you're talking to. So, you know, who is that perfect fit client? What are they thinking, feeling, and experiencing? What do they want? What's holding them back? Um, you know, these are all those things that you might see like in, uh, an ideal client avatar exercise, but, you want to really focus on like what's going on in their minds. If you like, that's why I say like getting inside the minds of your ideal clients, um, it's, it's capturing them in those moments where they are just sort of like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. And being able to like, being able to capture that language that they're using and then just mirror that back to them in your content. So when someone says, oh my gosh, like this is my problem, this is what's going on. And then you actually write verbatim what they said in one of your social media captions, I guarantee people are going to be like, oh my God, like, how did you know? (laughs) Even though they said it, people just don't, it's people for the most part in everyday life, people don't pay that close of attention to what other people say exactly. So when they experience someone saying exactly what they've said and they read that or they hear it, it's just like mind blowing because we don't typically experience that in our day-to-day lives from people. Um, So that is really kind of like the core of like conversion copy. And if you can pull that off, then your audience is going to be like, you're such a mind reader. How did you like how did you know that that's what was going on with me? So that's kind of the first thing is just really understanding who your people are on a deep level and what they're thinking and and feeling. Um, The next thing is being really clear on like what it is that you offer. Like basically, like the solution that you're providing to whatever problem your perfect fit person is having. And being able to really clearly articulate like how that offer is going to benefit them and solve their problem. Um, you know, I, I talk about how you have to be able to describe the transformation that they are going to experience. Uh, that's kind of the next thing. Like when you talk about the work that you do, you know, in your social media content, or really any of your content or copy, it has to be very clear kind of what's in it for the people that you serve. And then finally, the third thing I would say is like being really clear on your story, kind of like what we're talking about here, like, why are you doing this? Uh, Kind of what's in it for you? Why are you so passionate about this? And being able to talk about, um, you know, kind of your origin story or your brand story Uh, And not just that one big story, but also like just the smaller everyday stories, uh, you know, of the lessons that you're kind of learning along the way. That storytelling piece is also uh, really important. And when when you wrap those things together and you put that in your content, you know, talking, really speaking to your people, you know, describing the benefits of your work and telling your stories, people will be so just they will be so drawn to you like the right people uh, will be so drawn to you and that's that's really that's like the core of what I teach and how you can make your copy um, and your content your social media posts really work for your business. I
0: guess you should also always include the call to action at the end of the post is it something that you'd recommend?
1: Um, Yeah, that's definitely something that I teach as well in terms of like how your post is structured. Uh, You know, never leave people hanging is what I say. Uh, I don't assume that people know what you want them to do. Always give them kind of a heads up.
0: Just tell them. (laughs) Yeah. I guess this is um, what you teach your students inside your online program, social posts that sell. Mm -hmm. Um, So where can people go to find out more about your work if they want to go deeper and learn more?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So really my website, um, um, There are links on there to social posts that sell and uh, some of the other uh, work that I do. So that would be the best place to, to check it out and kind of learn more about those things.
0: At the moment, I think you've got like a brand new free masterclass where people can sign up and learn with you.
1: Absolutely. So it's uh, how to write social media posts that sell your programs and services. And it walks you through kind of my method for um, some of the things that we've talked about today, plus like, you know, how to how to not just be posting for the sake of it, but actually have some strategy behind your, uh, your content, and then also how to just connect with your audience beyond uh, your written posts. So that's, um, that's also available on my website.
0: And I'm going to leave, obviously, the links in the show notes so people can easily find it and and go and connect with you. I remember, like, speaking about this topics that one of your recent posts was about that... People should really not focus that much about consistency, which is something lots of Instagram, you know, coaches and strategists are teaching, but about uh, quality of the pose that helps you actually convert. Because if you are business, you should use social media platforms as a business tool, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah, and. It's not that like being consistent is bad. It's actually a really good thing. But sometimes I think the focus on consistency alone is really heavy when like just because you're posting something on a platform every day doesn't mean that it's going to bring you leads or clients. Um, So, you know, with my methods, like I'm actually able to post a lot less because the content that I do share is really serving a purpose to guide people into my sales process. And like, I think a lot of times, like people get really focused on, I just need to show up as long as I, as long as I'm there, as long as I'm visible, then that's going to be it. Um, And it's not necessarily going to be it. Being an expert
0: in sales copy for six and seven figure program launches, as we already spoke about at the beginning, what do you think holds entrepreneurs back from scaling up to this next level in their businesses? Is it the lack of knowledge, strategy, confidence or mindset?
1: Yeah, I think the thing that I notice the most between, you know, my clients who are at the multiple six, seven figure level and, you know, people who are you know just starting out or struggling to kind of get to the next level the biggest difference that i see there's two things one is definitely mindset um you know just having belief in yourself but i think that comes with time and doing you know trying things and whatever but the other thing that i think is really holds people back is that is lack of focus um in the beginning i think there's just like you know people are downloading every free thing off <laughs> off the internet they're like trying this they're trying that they're like okay i'm going to be this is going to be my focus and then like you know a month later they're like okay i'm going to do this instead they're trying to be on too many platforms it's just all over the place um the people who i work with who are really at that higher level they're very focused they have like one, you know, core offering and they, they take that offering to, um, you know, a really like a multiple six or seven figure level and then they add something else. Um, you know, they focus on getting really good at one platform. They have, they have a niche and they just stick with it. I think that, and this goes for me too, because I said, I made all these mistakes as well in the beginning. But I think if people would just be like, okay, I'm just going to roll with this for at least six months and just put all my focus into this one thing, people would see success so much faster.
0: I totally agree. I think um, we all have to learn from these experiences. Because if like people are launching something and it doesn't work out the way they expected, they just suddenly decide, oh, this is not working, I'm gonna do and try something else. Like you said, like a totally scattered mind. And you know, you should just take uh, all the feedback and all the lessons you learned during that first lunch, right and then do it better and improve it the next one and then the next one and and just grow I mean you know we were not born like having it all figured out right so it's like riding a bike you're just gonna learn as
1: you as you practice Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah As a
0: successful online entrepreneur yourself, what helps you grow personally and professionally? Do you have any rituals to help you get out of your head and into your heart?
1: Yes. So I don't like for me, like I have a tendency to I don't like with my morning routine, for instance, like it'll change all the time. I don't always necessarily do the exact same things. Um, but some of the things that I do are just like short meditations. Like, I'm a really big fan of the Headspace app. Um, I do like every almost every morning actually. I do just sort of like a brain dump. I just like write down thoughts and feelings and just whatever's on my mind um, just to kind of get it out. Uh, I'm really into like the outdoors and nature. So, going on walks and um, you know, just kind of like getting away from. My desk is. Those are all things that help me a lot.
0: When when I was uh, going over your about page uh, on your website, uh, there is something that really uh, caught my eyes. One thing we have in common is an obsession about cute journals. I am absolute stationary junkies, yes. <laughs> and I've got just like journal for like each and everything you can imagine. Yes. So. Is journaling a part of your daily practice to help you set your intention and outline your big dreams?
1: Um, absolutely. <laughs> so when I do when I do my morning brain dump, it's always in a notebook. And it's really funny because I definitely have called myself a a, a notebook hoarder. Uh, and I had to have an intervention with myself um a while back because well it's and you know I had moved and quote unquote sold everything I owned except for like 50 journals <laughs> that I <laughs> um that I I mean some of them were written in but still it was it was kind of comical and yeah so journaling is it's something that I've been doing since I was like you know a teenager or whatever so it's definitely a huge part of my um my self-care
0: so and and talking of uh dreams because obviously this podcast is about um daring to um live our dreams, if we could take a sneak peek into your journal, what is your next big thing on your vision board you're working towards, whether it's personal or professional life?
1: yeah, um, the next big thing for me is moving um finding my next my next home, so I've been in Ohio the last four years and it's been really nice. I've reconnected with my family, but I'm ready to, um yeah, I'm ready to live someplace where there's a little more natural beauty and find my dream home and all those things. That's absolutely
0: exciting. So, do, do you know where where you're heading?
1: I I don't yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's like a list, but um I, I haven't decided yet. What about what about the professional
0: life, your career? your business um
1: yeah so next thing on my professional uh dream board vision board is uh team getting um yeah finding the the people who are like my support system and um
0: finally do you have a favorite mantra you live by that keeps you inspired and motivated to dare to live your dreams
1: I have like, I sort of cycle through mantras, like next to my desk, I have a bunch of sticky notes with different, um, different little mantras on them. And I change them up to keep it fresh. Um, My favorite one right now, though, is that is I am relentlessly optimistic. I love that
0: and that, does it work every day for you are you relentlessly optimistic
1: <laughs> it helps it it gives me like a reality check when i know when i'm being like really negative or down on things then i'm like oh okay wait a minute <laughs> yeah, where's, yeah, the, yeah. where's the relentless optimism <laughs> right now
0: it just help you realign with with that inner joy and yes. uh, and yeah the natural positive mindset well that's such a beautiful thing to share and wrap up with this episode so i am feeling absolutely inspired right now and I'm sure a lot of my listeners would like to go and connect with you online and I know you already shared your web address but can you remind us where else people can find you on Instagram or Facebook
1: Yeah. Instagram is definitely the best place. And I am at Christine Bluebaugh there. Um, Definitely like reach out, send me a DM. I love to connect with people and have like conversations and actually meet the people in my audience. So feel free to reach out anytime.
0: It's been such a pleasure talking to you, Christine. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all the goodness with me.
1: Of course. Thank you again for having me. It's been really fun.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of She Deserves to Dream podcast. If you loved it as much as I did, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Then head over to the show notes for all the links and information on my guest this week. You can check it out at mikhailaoleksojva.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to download my free manifestation guide that shows you how to create a business and life of your dreams. I can't wait for you to tune in next time. And until then, have an awesome week.